Hey there, this is Joel with the Path Design Podcast. Just reminding you that these specific videos that you are about to hear are much better viewed on YouTube because they hold images, pictures, photographs, slides that kind of depict everything we'll be talking about in this specific episode. And so keep that in mind as you listen that you might want to go to our YouTube channel. Just search Path Design Podcast on YouTube. And that way you will be able to see the images that depict what we're going to talk about so you get a more full picture of what is discussed here in this episode. Thank you for listening. Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. You can find us online 24-7 at pathdesign.com. And of course here on YouTube, we're going to get right back to it. This is going to be part three, the conclusion of the ongoing series that we are doing titled One Source, one light of life, Yeshua. We did level one, we did part one of level two, and this is going to be the conclusion of level two. And as I told you, we're going to go down and down and down and down with an attempt to expose some things that I believe have been very hidden from the church that, that for sure I've known. I think for the church as a whole for a very long time, but I am convinced this is the hour that the Father is revealing some things for anyone who's willing to say it's possible and not just disregard it because it sounds like foolishness. So we looked at some things. We looked at several images of, of sun-god worship throughout history on how it is, it is as ancient as humanity. Um, we looked at, we talked about the Nakash, the shining one in the Garden of Eden, a, an alluring being that drew Adam and Eve in. Uh, to to become rebellious, to insert rebellion into the earth through hum- through humanity. We looked at the ancient Egyptian symbols. We talked about Topheth from Jeremiah and how that was connected to the god Molech and, and child sacrifices and how that coincided with the, the temple of Baal where they worshiped the sun and those things were synonymous. We're trying to make the connection that today, now, modern-day Christianity and even the secular world consider now Sunday, the day of the sun, to be, quote, the Lord's Day. That's, again, as we've already talked about, in the 300s, it was it was made, it was canonized, it was made official. We have changed the biblical Sabbath, Shabbat, from Saturday as Yahweh God ordained. We've moved it to Sunday. And that's the way it has remained all since then, and nobody ever asks a question why. Nobody has a problem. Now, why is that? Because people say we can worship God whenever we want. We're the temple now. All these things that I've even said myself back years previous, we think we can worship God however we want, even the name God. I've heard people I love that that know the Lord, man, who say, he knows who I'm talking to. Oh my gosh, but <laughs> it's it's so much more than that. We're talking about more than like, does God know I'm talking to him if I don't say his name right? We're not talking about that. We're talking about honoring a biblical Yahweh Elohim who gave us his name, and his name was so incredibly important, it couldn't even be spoken for eons of time. That's who we're talking about. And so for us to say, well, we can worship God wherever we want, whenever we want, however we want, 
Man, friends, do we know what that biblical pattern produced in others who have gone before us who lived like that? They didn't even know him. (laughs) They didn't even know Yahweh. They may have thought they did, but they didn't know him. So moving on. 2 Kings chapter 21, we're going to read more scriptures, look at more photos, and bring this to a culmination. Okay, uh, verse 3. Manasseh, he's the son of Hezekiah. He rebuilt the high places. Good job, man. Hezekiah, his father, was incredibly awesome. I love that story. It changed my life several years back when I read about Hezekiah. I said, I'm going to be Hezekiah. I'm going to go in there and tear all that junk out and rebuild the temple and clean it up and put all the lavers back. Changed my life. But here comes his son, Manasseh. He rebuilds all the high places which his father, Hezekiah, had destroyed. He set up altars to Baal, again, sun worship. And he also made an Asherah, as Ahab, king of Israel, had done. He bowed bowed down to the whole host of heaven, and he served them. Again, host of heaven, sun, moon, stars. He served them. He built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will set my name, my name. What about his name? For those who know my name, for those... His name matters. Verse 5, And he built altars for the whole host of heaven in the two courts of the house of Yahweh Elohim. What is in the world? What is he thinking? Ah, have we done much different? May look different. May look nice. May look beautiful. But you know what? Back then, that did to them. But it was vile. Look at the cathedrals of today. Look at the architecture and the crazy buildings that have been erected as temples to the God of the Bible. Can you tell me in all honesty that any one of those things are truly erected and established to worship and honor Yahweh Elohim in the way that he said? No, the pattern is wrong. The whole thing's off. Ezekiel, oh boy, does he have some things to say. He provides a very graphic picture of sun worshipers in Yahweh's house. This is intriguing. Now this one, you want to go down another couple floors? Here we go. Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. Now again, if you watched our series where we examine the foundations, the Masonic founding of this nation, and all the crazy wacko-ness that took place to establish the cornerstone of the United States of America, and all of the pagan deities that were called down to Washington, D.C., to establish their authority and their governing rule and reign through a one united people out of many pantheon of gods, one people, one nation, this is going to ring true for you. You're going to be like, that's what he was talking about in the, in what, three series ago. Ezekiel 8, he brought me into the inner court of the house of the Lord. He who, the messenger, the angel, could have been Yeshua, getting a little tour of heaven, Ezekiel is. So he brought me into the inner court of the house of Yahweh, There at the door of Yahweh's temple, between the porch and the altar, were about 25 men with their back to the Lord's temple, and their faces were facing towards the east. They were bowing eastward to the sun. He said, Do you see, son of man? Are the abominable things of the house of Judah has done here so slight that they should also fill the land with violence, provoking me again and again? Therefore, I will act in fury. My eye will not spare. I will have no pity. 
even if they cry loudly right in my ears, says Yahweh, I will not listen to them. Now listen, this is going to sting a little bit if you love America. If you love America, how in the world have you made it this far in our podcast? That's a miracle. (laughs) Many people are getting set free of their patriotic allegiances. It's beautiful. What did Ezekiel see? What did he see? Now, this you may think this is crazy land, but please give me a chance to present something to you that might at the very least make you sit back and go, wow. Can't argue with that one. What was Ezekiel seeing? Now, this is a vision. Now, he's being shown things in the heavenlies. This circumstance, this event, this event. So what did he see? He goes... At the door of Yahweh's temple, there's 25 men there with their back to Yahweh's temple. Okay? Their back is defiantly towards Yahweh's temple. And they're facing towards the east, bowing eastward to the sun. S-U-N. This infuriates Yahweh Elohim. Do they think, he's saying, paraphrase, do they think I don't see them and what they do again and again and again? If they cry out loudly right in my ear, I'm not listening to them. Oh boy, listen up, America. If a nation humbles themselves and prays, and man, we better be careful with what we're saying. Not that's that verse won't work if this is us. We know that, right? So as we clearly noted in, in previous podcasts, this nation's foundation is absolutely entirely Masonic. George Washington and all his cohorts absolutely hands down Masonic. No arguing that point. No one, no one on the earth will argue that that's true. Even Christians. Oh, yeah. Masonic apron. Oh, yeah. All seeing eye. On the rotunda of the Capitol, uh, right now we could go see it. Yeah, he's getting deified. Yeah, can't argue that. But he was a godly man. Isn't It's foolishness. What does this nation lead in, as we always talked about? We already talked about Molech, abortion. I'm saying why? Masonic now. And what do Masons do? They bow and they worship the sun to the east, and they call ancient forces of deities and Egyptian gods. Why? Give us power. Give us authority. To, and this is the funny thing, right? If you know anything about the Masonic functions, to bring light, to help people, to help sick children, to do good in the community. They believe that doing good brings light into the world and reflects back to the, por- the powers and sources that give it to them. Let's go back to the beginning. Friends, listen please to what I'm saying. Yeshua, Luke chapter 11. Watch out that the light that's in you is not darkness. Friends, be careful that the light all around us that we're just deceived to think is good is actually darkness. We've been distracted. We've been played. <laughs> We've been deceived. Like our forefathers. And I mean forefathers all the way back to the Garden of Eden. I don't mean 1776 now. King Josiah in 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 4. Then we're going to get some more images. 
The king commanded the high priest Hilkiah, his assistant priest, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord. Now, this is, this is good. Josiah is awesome. To remove from the temple of Yahweh all the objects that had been made for Baal, Asherah, and the whole host of heaven. Here we are again. These he burned outside Jerusalem on the slopes of the Kidron. Their ashes were carried to Bethel. He also put an end to the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had had appointed to burn incense on the high places in the cities of Judah and in the vicinity of Jerusalem, as well as those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, to the moon, and the signs of the zodiac, and the whole host of heaven. Again, here we are again. Real men, real life, opposers of Yahweh Elohim's ways and the way he said to worship him, being destroyed and torn down by a king, in this case, Josiah, who was pleasing in the sight of the Lord and tore down all the garbage that his fathers had erected. False worship, idolatry, that the man Yahweh hates, y'all. He said, scream in my ear, go ahead, I'm not listening. If you're doing these things, go ahead and scream all you want, I'm not listening. And friends, If I can say that with such soberness to the Christian church of America, we think that God is just so awesome and so sweet and kind that as long as we pray without ceasing, as long as we pray in the name of Jesus, as long as we pray, God will hear. As long as we humble ourselves, he'll hear from heaven. He promised. Okay. Again, there's a lot of things that are prerequisites here, but if we are praying according to the way these men prayed, worshiping the Son, worshiping Yahweh Elohim, however we deem right and fit in His house, He says, yell all you want. I don't hear you. That is also equally true. We have to remember this. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 30. I will destroy your high places, cut down your pillars for sun worship, and throw your carcasses on the carcasses of your idols. I will detest you. Do you think that Yahweh God has changed? I'm telling you, this this false doctrine that somehow Jesus came and now God is just lovey-dovey Abba Daddy is dangerous doctrine. It's dangerous doctrine. He is my Abba Father. He is loving. He is kind. He is for absolute sure slow to wrath. He's abundantly kind. But he is not some ooey-gooey God who can be called whatever we feel like and approached however we want on whatever day we want in whatever way we choose to be right. That is apostasy that we talked about in the last series that Jeroboam was doing. Jeroboam was doing what? We're going to do whatever we want here. We're going to have some Yahweh, and we're going to have a whole lot of hedonism and paganism and idolatry too. And that is the church of the hour as well. And Yahweh God has had enough. I'm convinced he's had enough. Again, I'll destroy your high places, cut down the pillars that you erected for sun worship. That was not just something then. Deuteronomy chapter 4, 15 through 20, Because you saw no form at all on the day that Yahweh spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire, be strictly on your guard. 
not to act corruptly by fashioning an idol for yourselves to represent any figure, whether it be the form of a man or form of a woman, the form of any animal on the earth, the form of any bird that flies in the sky, the form of anything that crawls on the ground, of any fish in the waters under the earth. When you look up to the heavens and behold the sun or the moon or the stars, the whole heavenly host, do not be led astray into bowing down to them and serving them. These, Yahweh your Elohim, has apportioned to all other nations under the heavens. But you, you, God's holy, set-apart, consecrated, priesthood nation, but you, he has taken and led out of Egypt, that you might be his people, his heritage. So is it utterly ridiculous to caution us to be absolutely sure that we're not in any way falling into a delusion that continues to propagate sun worship today? If we think we're somehow above this, like, we don't do that stuff anymore, that's ridiculous. If we think that, we're already deceived. Well, that's not here today. That doesn't happen today. Okay, well, let's look at some things. This is a list, and you can't see it real well. This, this is just part of an endless list of solar deities, sun gods, gods and goddesses, civilizations worshiping gods that are housed within, come from, emanate out of, birthed by, however they say in their own way, from the sun. This heliocentric mindset that has even filtered down into our, our literal understanding of the universe, that everything revolves around the sun. Now, I'm not even going to get into that today. My wife said, oh, please tell me you're not going to talk about that. I'm not getting into that today. If you know what that is, you know what I'm talking about. But it's interesting to me that the entire heliocentric model completely fits into all these sun worship deities that are through every single civilization, through all of time, all the way back to the beginning of recorded history. We don't even have time to get to all of them. Here's a tarot card. The sun, common, throughout every single thing. Mysticism, esoteric. Christian, oh, Christian, no. Oh, well, here's Catholicism. What's with this crazy sun thing? All over iconography. All over it in the Catholic Church. I mean everywhere. It's in their cathedrals. It's on their staffs. It's on their walls. It's on... It's on all of the images behind Mother Mary and Jesus and the saints and all these other beings are illuminated very clearly as a central figure, generally in front of the sun. Here it is again. Why is that on there? What is that thing? What are the little dragons on either side? These things matter. And someone has to start saying, is anyone looking at these hidden things that are in plain sight? Here's where it starts making its way into pop culture. Well, that's kind of weird. She looks just like the Pope. Why is that, friend? Why? Because it's all the same. Nothing is new under the, oddly enough, sun. It is the same as it's always been. 
It is normal. It is cultural. It is idolatrous. And it is everywhere we look. Here's another one. Music video. All this strange Egyptian imagery. All seeing eyes. Sphinxes. Horus, Ra, all this ridiculousness. And now here's where it starts getting interesting. My wife found this weeks ago. You see where that says this is the Mount of Transfiguration in Mount Tabor. What in the world is going on in this earth? What is going on? What's going on? We are being deceived. We are being governor, governed by unseen forces in unseen places that unless we have eyes to see, we are not going to see. I just threw this in here for a little bit of, well, what about that? I'm just saying. I am starting, we in our home, we're starting to examine all these things about music that we listen to. Because again, all we listen to is worship music. We listen to nothing else. We don't listen to good moral country or or nice, whatever, you know, clean music. We listen to worship 24-7. But, I've, I mean, we've been hard on what we listen to. If it's like hyper-spiritual and using a bunch of crazy jargon that we don't think makes a bit of sense, we don't listen to it already. But, man, after this morning, I'm like, I started looking through popular worship songs over the last several years. Light, 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 light. And I'm not saying they're evil. I am saying, however, we had better know what in the world they're saying. What are they saying? Are they talking about this one source, one light of life, Yeshua Messiah? Are they saying his name? I don't even want to get started. Are they just repeating the name of Jesus over and over? Because there's power in a name, but there's power in the name of Yeshua in the Hebrew (laughs) God-man. And so that gets kind of tricky, but I'm just going to say... Be careful what you're listening to because I'm seeing now that my eyes are opening towards this as I started looking through like the most popular worship songs like of the hour, there is a ton of references to this nebulous light and saying nothing about Yeshua, nothing about Jesus. Sometimes it's just about light and power. Now here's where it gets real hard and close and and this is going to hurt some people. I know that. But we have got to get here. We've got to be careful with what we are looking at and what we hold dear and what we have made part of our, our identity. Now, this is interesting because, again, I had no intentions of going here as we begin to bring this series to a close. I didn't intend to go here, to land in this place today. I had no intention. And this is exactly like the previous series that we did about spiritual osmosis, the assimilation of the church, this is like the, the, the light, dark version of that series, unintentionally so. This was not on the radar this time yesterday. But I, this, as I went through this, it started making more and more and more sense. I'm like, this is the assimilation. We are being gradually sucked in to a worship of the sun that we don't even see. Now, again, I say that it sounds crazy in my own ears, but as I study the word of God and look into these scriptures that we've read and then many others I didn't even have time to mention, 
it is clear that the worship of the Son is always something that has been in humanity, and Yahweh hates it. He despises it, just like what Ezekiel saw of those men in the house of the Lord with their backs to his temple, man, worshiping the Son. It's vile in his sight, and he hates it, and it's infiltrated the church. How many times have you seen images like this? How many times have we seen images just like this? Friends, this is modern day, third century, no more Jewish Jewish Sabbath Jesus coming out of the sun. There is no pretty way to paint it. This is new religion Jesus coming out of the sun saying what? I have a new way. I have a new religion for you. Forget all of that stuff. Forget feasts. Forget Sabbath. Forget all these things about being a consecrated holy people set apart for Yahweh Elohim. You don't even mention his name anymore. Call me Jesus now and worship me on the day of the sun, the end. Friends, I don't know, I don't know how else to make this any more clear. I don't know how else to do it. I don't know how else to make this stuff more clear. Just like we discussed in that assimilation series, darkness and evil continues to come to us as light, even as Jesus himself. Is that not the epitome? Is that not the culmination of the plan of the enemy? is to deceive himself so much so that he clothes himself in a false Messiah and comes and says, you know what? Forget all that stuff, man. Forget it all. A new Jesus is here to start a new religion. And in the third century, we saw it begin to happen. Yeshua Messiah was barely out of the earth. And it all started the decline into false, idolatrous worship, continuing what it had already done, and what did it do? It swallowed up what became Christianity into a one-world religion that we talked about days ago. We're handed traditions, and most people don't even wonder why. And what blows my mind, some people just don't care. I know you're into that. Whatever. Believers now, people who say their life is totally gone into Jesus, like my identity is in him. I don't live for myself anymore. Would you you look at this then? That's not my thing, brother. Oh my gosh, it blows my mind. It It makes me sad. Generations after generations after generations. Slowly inserted, and I would say increased, the dial turned up and up and up. It's fully in place in humanity, and even the church does not even know it. Like I keep saying, worship God, just generic God, on the day of the sun, because you are in the New Testament now, and it does not matter. There's no temple. There's no sacrificial system. There's no this. There's no that. We don't do that crazy stuff anymore because God's different now is the doctrine. And it's led us to be assimilated into falsehood. By the time it's all gotten passed down to us, what is true, 
what is the real light, what is the one source, the real light of life, seems like error. And what I'm presenting, probably even to your ears, seems like foolishness, fairy tales. It's enticing and promises us power and provision. It steals the true light that came from Yahweh himself, his son. He alone came to bring us the light of life that leads to life. There is no other. Everything else is false. And so, friends, man, I'm telling you, I found this last minute, too. And I, if I could highlight this and put this all over the screen and make it flash and glow and somehow jump out of your screen and land on your face, listen to Yeshua, and then we're going to end this. Watch out that the light in you is not darkness. We should be fascinated with becoming holy as he is holy. The list is lengthening for us of things that we must do and things that we must stop doing. It's becoming daily right now in our house of things the Father is saying. Look at this. And we have to surrender it. We don't have to. We choose to. Because if it keeps me from him and entering into his holy place, I don't want it. I don't even want a hint of it in my life. Friends, I pray that's true for all of us. In greater measure for you even than it is for me, which is pretty strong but not perfect. There are plenty of things that are untouchable places in me. But as they come, as they become exposed by this light, The true light, by comparison, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. Nothing compares to you, Yeshua, King of glory. Nothing compares to you. So everything else, even if it's enticing and right and feels excusable, acceptable, worship God on Sunday. Who cares, Joel? Calm down, man. It's what I've done and my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents, and they're all pastors, preachers, and evangelists. Are you telling me they were wrong? Maybe. Maybe. I've been wrong. Have you been wrong? Could we be wrong right now and not know it yet? Yes and amen. And that's what I'm saying. One source, one light of life, Yeshua Messiah. So we looked at level one. Man, that seems like a while ago. Level one. And we went down a few floors, level two. I hope this is, if nothing else, spurred some questions in your own heart. This is stuff that we need to be fasting and praying, saying, Father, you've got to show me. What in the world am I doing? What about these images that that guy showed? What's with this stuff? Is this just, again, people literally say, Joel, that's just happenstance. The sun here, the sun here, the sun here, the sun here. It's just happenstance that they worship the sun and God told them it's detestable. It's just happenstance they built a golden calf that had a sun on it. It's just happenstance that the Pope's staff has a sun on it. It's just happenstance that Egyptian culture that the Israelites adopted was of Baal worship around the sun. It's just happenstance that... that 
Ezekiel saw men in the temple of Yahweh with their backs to his temple and worshiping towards the sun. And it's just happenstance that the Masons that built this nation that do this and have their backs to the east worshiping the sun, it's just happenstance that the men that built this nation do that as well. And it's just happenstance that we kill babies in this nation and worship the God of Molech on the day of the sun. It's all happenstance. It's all crazy or it's all true. It's for each one of us to decide. I pray you decide well through prayer and self-denial and willingness to let go of your traditions and beliefs because those are the ones who are going to find the narrow way and not be led astray in days ahead. And I'm going to make every effort I can to cast off all these junky burdens now of idolatry, falsehood, and false light so that I know the one true light, that when my beloved calls my name, I hear him and I'm free. And I'm not fettered down by all this nonsense. I'm free to run out to meet him. That's my goal. And that's my goal here is that I help you in any way just by delivering something out of the ordinary that you might come to. Please consider that. There's hope for all of us. There's hope for any one of us. The most vile, hedonistic, pagan man or the most righteous on the outside whitewashed tomb preacher man on TV given another prophecy right now. Hope for all of us if we turn from our wicked ways and we repent and we shema, we hear and obey. That's our hope. We hear and we obey. Period. So let's do that. This is the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you for watching, for listening. PathToZion.com is where you can find us 24-7. Two-plus years of archived messages there. Some good, some, eh. Might want to miss that one. Skip over that one. You figure it out for yourself. Send us an email. PathToZionPodcast at gmail.com. We are hearing from people here, there, everywhere. It's awesome. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving any thought whatsoever to what I'm presenting. There is, there is truth to be unearthed. It is never-ending. We will get it in measure, in part, at best. Thank you for watching. Amen.